Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome to Let's Drone Out. You are joined this week by myself, Stephen, um, by everyone's favourite, Curry Kitten. Hello! Legally obliged to say everyone's favourite there. <laughs> and, and of course, the authority on all things CAA, Frank. Uh, where's, where's the disclaimer? Hello, I need the disclaimer. <laughs> I, think, I think you really you really are the authority, so it's absolutely fine. Um, you're certainly, well first compared to uh, us and the average person on the street. So let's leave it at that. Um, if, if anyone missed episode 415 back in August, uh, I did say that they were already installing three a week of the uh, remote ID uh, ground stations. So, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly advanced at this point. <laughs> so if, if you haven't caught the title, here's what it is, folks. Remote ID. Remote ID is the ability of an unmanned aerial something system UAS to communicate identification and location information during flight. The requirement for remote ID already exists in UK regulation brackets EU 2019-945 and 2019-947, but is yet to be implemented. The call for input Describe the important role of remote ID in improving the ability to identify individuals misusing UAS and in enabling enforcement. In addition, it discussed how remote ID could be implemented in practice and potential changes to the regulation. So, what do you think people who were asked about that thought? Well, of those who responded, 60.7% of responses for call for input were negative. Oh, oh, that's, uh, that's okay. I'm sure there's a larger number that were positive. So 15.3% of responses were positive. Right, okay. Let's Four times as many people disliked the idea of remote ID than liked the idea of remote ID. Okay, so clearly what you're going to do is you're going to, to, to say the time isn't right for remote ID. We've got to halt it all until... The respondents swing in favour of this and 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 indicate it's a good time to implement it, right, Frank? Yeah, it's, yeah, maybe that's good. <laughs> that would be applying. The <laughs> respondents raised concerns regarding data privacy implications. Obviously, you're now transmitting your location to anyone that wants to come and find you and your expensive toys. And maybe mm -hmm. if a child does that, they get mugged and beaten up. And remote ID's effectiveness in delivering improved security, because frankly, it's easy to switch off. We all build our own equipment. And if you're a criminal who wants to fly somewhere you shouldn't, then odds are you'll probably wrap some tinfoil around it at the very least. Respondents with positive views recognize the benefits from identifying unlawful operators. So that's all okay. I think we can say clearly that, you know, given that input, 
that no one is going to actually be implementing remote ID, right? I feel like the computer in 1960s Star Trek when Kirk confuses it with logic. It's the same thing. The same thing over and over is, oh, we can catch criminals because we all know that criminals take great care to yeah. do all the proper things. What we'll and, do and, is we'll say, if you're a criminal, you have to wave a criminal flag as you go down the street and yeah, then we'll just, just catch anyone who waves a criminal flag. That says, are you going to do illegal things with your drone? Tick yeah. box. Oh, we've got you. It's, oh, no. What were they thinking? Oh, See, what, what they're trying to say is that uh, it's very hard to find people that are flying drones illegally at the moment, the way the rules are at the moment. So what we're going to do is we're going to make a lot of those flights that are currently legal like, illegal. Because if, if you're flying otherwise legally but don't have remote, remote ID on it, then that's illegal. So any policeman coming along or whatever, any any drone nuisance that's reported where there isn't a remote ID mm -hmm. on it, the policeman can go. Yeah, it's it's not got remote ID. It doesn't appear on my app here. Therefore, it's illegal. So you, you obviously it. say, oh, oh, whoopsie! It looks like my antenna was damaged because antennas get damaged quite often. Um, unfortunately, the effective range of my remote ID system seems to have been about three foot short of where you were standing, officer. Um, I assure you I'll fix that antenna. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's one situation that, that might occur. You've hmm? already been tased and your drone's been yeah. confiscated. They've and probably they've tased you in the testicles by that point. Things and they're stamping and, on your uh, face. Yeah. Fitted you up and found some more crimes to charge you with. Yeah. And they said that, you know, because you're flying a multi-rotor, you, you probably gunned down some school children. Yes. I mean, wait a minute. More, there we more, are. More right. to the point, uh, as, as, as we are aware of, like, you know, with people that have uh, flown the DJI stuff, which already has effectively its own remote ID, mm -hmm. indoors, but within, uh, you know, the control area of an airport, uh, they've had the police knocking on their door, have uh, their phone, laptops, SD cards, drones, all seized in plastic bags or walked out the door, making it look like a right Roman. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's not ideal. Well, that's okay, because what we're talking about here is, is large people like Amazon flying giant delivery <laughs> systems. This isn't just anyone flying a whoop outdoors, is it? That would, that would be madness. So obviously it's going to apply, you know, you've got that like, uh, five kilo limit. It's going to be people over that only. It's not going to be absolutely everyone, is it? Hmm. <sighs> if you're using a camera, it is. If you, if you have a camera on your quad, then uh, regardless of the weight, you need a remote ID system on that from when this comes into effect. That's what they're proposing. So, so if you've got your Whoop carefully carefully built and you've shaved the frame and you've taken the metal screws out and you've put plastic ones on there and you've got this thing down to like 25 grams with a battery you're going to have to clamp a remote id system on there which right now weighs i think uh what 10 or 15 grams and is probably larger than your flight controller either that or you fly it indoors yeah or so if you W but make sure you don't wander out to the garden yeah, because then it will become a illegal. Yeah, yeah. And we've all seen you, Curry, <laughs> do those dangerous flights when you could have you could have perhaps murderated a small school bus or something by the, flying with the bodies the lying around my house from me yeah. hitting people oh with word. quads is outrageous. It's just I yeah. never get the blood of the dog a week.
you might cause a hazard to like a passing butterfly or something. You need to be considerate of these things. Other yeah. air users. Yeah, you've really got to watch out for the neighborhood moths. I think those are the people who are worried there. So, yes, unfortunately, the government in their wisdom has decided that the best way to enforce remote ID is for absolutely anyone that has a camera. Um, if you are under 250 grams and you're flying line of sight with a multi-rotor, honestly, I don't know who is doing that because every <laughs> single DJI drone has a camera. So other than quad mover, I, I've never seen people go and recreationally fly multi-rotors without a camera on them. It just right. doesn't happen, especially under 250 grams. And, and this, this isn't talking about toys. Toys are a, a separate thing, right? So you're talking about something that, that doesn't fit uh, under the toy well, regulations. Under their proposals, toys are, like toy isn't going to be part of this anymore. They're going to simplify things by uh, toys aren't going to be excluded from anything, right? Oh, yes, no. yes. We should perhaps move on to that. So the simplification inclu includes, once again, changing the names for absolutely everything. Um, because everyone, you know, was having a lot of trouble after just learning the names for everything they'd introduced a decade ago. So they're going to change it now. And instead of the, the kind of traditional classification they've used, it's now going to be over, near and far. And presumably big, are. medium, and I don't know, chonk. Tiny boy. Hefty chonker. Oh Lord, I, I think under this legislation, there's there's no such thing as a toy because if it's got a camera on it and flies, then it yeah. can't be a toy. It's a yeah. dangerous drone. Yeah. Well, so you, you know, it, I'm really I looking mean, forward to lots of children in parks getting handcuffed and taken away. I think <laughs> that's going to be fantastic. <laughs> because that's uh, literally what this legislation says, right, guys? This is saying that anyone who goes. You know, if, if you get something on your birthday and you go and fly it in the park or all those kids who get something on Christmas and they're out there with their mittens on trying to fly something around on Christmas Day, yeah, yeah time to uh, take you down the station, you're nicked. Um, I think there's just a complete lack of awareness and context around this. And it, the way that, that there's also exemptions for anything that is called a model aircraft, which somehow doesn't fit into this. What? Again, that's that's still up for debate, right? This yeah. this is the consultation. So when we were uh, talking about this before, there was the call for input, which is the pre-consultation consultation, and now this is the the actual consultation. So this is the post-pre-consultation consultation. Yeah, in terms of consultation, I think we saw that first slide where it said 15% of the people thought this was a bad idea and 15% thought it was a good idea. So we're going with those 15% of the minority of the people that thought it was a good idea because it met, meets with us. It's like, yeah, you can, you can say things like, well, That's yeah, what democracy means, isn't the it? But it, it's still like we don't have to do anything with it. We can just report and say, okay, thanks all you stupid people that voted the wrong way. We're going to do it our way. Yep. Well, you know, this, that's because they're not following the expert opinion of the people who actually have a, you know, any kind of uh, use of these rules. It's, uh, you know, who are affected by these rules. It's what they're following. They're following the will of the people generally. So they do reference in here uh, the drone awareness survey that they mm -hmm. do, or drone awareness tracker that the CAA does. Um, which uh, they've been doing on a sort of semi-regular basis, and it shows that 
for the general public, about 4% of the general public, 3-4% uh, know that you know, there's a 400-foot height limit mm. um, or, or stuff like that. And 60-70% of the general public uh, think there should be more drone rules. So, you know, mm. with, with that kind of mandate, you've got to have more drone rules, right? Well, that does rather sound so like they democracy. Put, put a poll in the sun and everyone said that drone users are pedos <laughs> and should be burned. And again, I don't really think there's a lot of context there. And, and just saying do not like, do like doesn't really inform law, does it? We don't know what the rules are, but no there should be stricter there. rules. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think a lot of public didn't appreciate that we already had quite a lot of legislation around civil aviation and remote controlled aircraft to start with. And now it's just becoming this ongoing morass that constantly morphs. Mm. It's a uh, you know, sort of very, very brief history. I mean, it was 10-something years ago. But Amazon said we're gonna we're about to start delivering things by drone. Uh, you know, it was that sort of long ago they started doing that, and so then the authorities went, "Oh, well, we've we've got to come up with some rules." Like we that's, that's but first we've got to leave Europe and throw away all the laws <laughs> we've got. Well, no, this was this was before even that was considered because this was um, this was the ARSA, this was the European Aviation Safety Authority came up with the first sort of draft of rules. And published that and said, "What? What do you think of this?" And everyone went, "That's ridiculous." Have you? Do you know the the breadth and depth of the the variety of mo flying things in the air that fly between the ground? It and feels like now we're foot. reverting to that, Frank. <laughs> well, it feels yeah, like people but have given up trying to. When, when that was originally came out, and everyone went, "That's just ridiculous." You need to actually look at what's already flying there, and not just make rules for Amazon and be aware of what's already going on. Uh, they did actually, you know, take that away, throw that away and come up with you know, some other things. Um, basically, they've been trying to do that ever since. Um, I mean, even before that, I mean, remote ID is, is the, the, the unmanned uh, aerial vehicle equivalent of electronic conspicuity, which they've been trying to do on manned aircraft for even longer than that. Uh, you know, for like 20 years or something. And uh, every time someone goes, I'm going to solve it, it's it's the classic kind of XKCD thing of if there were four standards and we came up with a new standard to unite them all. And then there were five standards. Uh, yes. And uh, basically it looks like the same thing is happening here. So because the uh, ICAO, who uh, regulate aviation generally internationally, um, you know, where any time that there's kind of international aviation stuff is mixing, ICAO get involved. Is that the um, international game of whoops? Yeah, uh, it's okay. ICAO. I didn't realise they acted in that capacity. I-G-O-W, yeah. Things you learn. Uh, they've said that ADSB is banned from being on unmanned aircraft. So we're not, we're definitely not, not going to be using ADSB. Uh, but CAA has decided, or CAA says it should be ADSB, even though that's internationally would not be permitted. So mm. I, I don't really think they know what they want, but lots of people are spending lots of money building ground stations and installing ground stations right. around the country for uh, ADSB. For ADSB and lots of other similar things, um, even even to the point of having around 
certain locations having cameras that they reckon can pick up drones. Mm. So, you know, they've, they've really kind of... luck with that. They can't even do it when they're trying to film events. Um, okay, well, that's going to be interesting. I thought ADS-B is, is a fairly large kitchen sink approach and most of the devices are, you know, car stereo or above sized units for, for manned mm. aircraft. I mean, they're, they're, they can be fairly small. A lot of them are quite big, but I don't know. There's, uh, there's, uh, I don't know if it's ADS-B, but there's definitely some kind of electronic confidentiality things that are you know, the size of a VTX. Like, it's, not, it's not impossible. At, at the moment, correct me if I'm wrong, um, mm. there are manned aircraft that doesn't need any kind of electronic conspicuity. I can't say the word. Conspicuity. Thank you. Yep. If uh, if they're flying in certain airspaces, that's still oh, the case, yeah. isn't it? Uh, micro lights so, exempt as well. So, what we'll have, yeah, micro lights, certain certain types of regular well, certain, certain places. What we'll have is, is a whoop under more restrictions than a manned aircraft. Yeah, mm-hmm. Th- than yeah. a human being flying attached to a motorized <laughs> glider, effectively. <laughs> that that kind of up to two hundred kilos in the air of almost certain death for anyone it collides with it, is now under less legislative burden than a child flying a 25-gram camera drone in their back garden. Yeah. So someone somewhere has just shortcutted common sense, I think. (laughs) And I I flagged up this page because it kind of runs through where we've been before because there was this huge deal with legacy systems. Well, that that loophole is closing. We are therefore promising to require legacy UAS to be operated with active remote ID from the 1st of January 2028, excluding the sub-250 without camera rule. So effectively, everyone gets in the same system. So, you know, you've got some analog quad back in 2015. Well, it's not going to be exempt anymore. So they suggest either remotely upgrading a UAS with inactive remote ID. There may be one of those somewhere in the UK or through users attaching a compliant remote ID add-on module to their device. And, and I'm sure that when they wrote that, they knew exactly what a compliant remote ID add-on module was because that's exactly what America did. They planned a range of modules for all shapes and sizes of, of model aircraft that would be suitable before the legislation was passed, didn't they? So I imagine <laughs> we probably followed the same rule here. Well, given generally how they uh, have been sort of deciding that whatever the US does, we should do over here in terms of uh, aviation, even if it's completely against everything that we've done ever um, and against the reality of things in the UK. I, I'm not entirely surprised. But also, you know, they're, they're saying they want to do this by, what, 2028 for the remote ID 2028. Stuff? So five so, years. Ago. Yeah, they, they, reckon, they reckon four or five years of it being in the US, it'll have, they'll, they'll have solved out the the have ironed out the wrinkles it'll be alright in the UK that's what they're uh, of course if you don't think so um, like this is still a consultation uh, clearly it's questionable whether considering how much is already being done on it whether anything will actually change but you know you can always try uh, it's uh, if you search for the U- review of UK UAS regulations uh, from the CAA, or it's in the it's in the description on on here. Uh, you can go fill it out and tell them what you think. Uh, I remember 
the back in the the Arza ones, there was the uh, sort of summary of the responses from that, which said there were many many responses to this consultation. Not all of them polite, hmm. um, which I always sort of that stuck in my mind as vaguely so, entertaining. W- one thing that I think we should countenance here is that you know while you may not be able to buy a compliant remote id solution for an, an acceptable amount of money some inroads have been made uh, and and if your goals vary slightly from the documented approach then you, you could always just buy an esp32 for example and what you can get right now is open source code to spoof your remote id location and perhaps draw Something obscene on a map, I suggest. Um, oh dear, you know. Um, so yeah, so what? 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 This ludicrous situation we're in right now is that while I, I can't buy a remote ID system that is compliant with this proposed UK legislation, I, I I can go and build a system that would spoof ten imaginary drones flying round whatever point on the map I, I nominate it in random paths. Uh, something isn't right here, right? That that there should have been more foresight. And the fact that I think we've got a flight test module that isn't available in the UK and isn't com- isn't certified for the UK. I'm not really aware of anything else that's out there right now. So that that's kind of a glaring omission. Uh, Jack is recommending that we read this out. So I'll keep him happy. Uh, so the legal notice, any views expressed by any guests on this show or hosts are personal and may not reflect the views of others. Uh, and there's a safety notice as well. Do not be on fire. Be careful around busy roads. Do not take our advice. Uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a podcast, not a source of legal advice. Correct. Alternatively, if you did want some advice, there's another one that you can throw and stick to the side <laughs> of buildings here. Um, so, yeah, as you were. Uh, yeah, so we, we just need to consider, I think, when, if we're going to be flying after... December 31st, 2027, then um, that there needs to be some sort of easy remote ID solution. And I hope that we see the likes of Express LRS and, you know, that we had the INAV radar guys, uh, Formation Flight, the new name for that project on just a little while ago. I'd really hope that Formation Flight and people like that can step up and provide us with lightweight, easy to use solutions that integrate with the rest of our systems without having a giant box that weighs us down, breaks, and, and costs an absolute bomb. So fingers crossed, or, I guess, that's going to be the reality. Do we say, instead of doing that, that when we've got a rule that's ridiculous and makes no sense, we protest it by not doing it, we might as well have that thing scrolling all the time and, <laughs> and say, no, we're just going to fly as we were because we had a perfect safety record. Nobody's died so far, and thus we'll carry on. Yes, and I think that chimes with uh, that chimes with something I was saying, which really boil, got my. Well, I, I think the, the phrase I used was "boiled my piss," which <laughs> is that this paragraph on exemptions that they uh, on model aircraft specifically they recognise the good safety record of model aircraft flying in the UK, and they're talking about wings here. And you know, well, I, I know some perfectly nice, nice people like you two guys that fly wings. This constant language of praising the wing community and denigrating multi-rotor pilots really does boil my piss. And, and the fact that they feel the need to use this to recognize the good safety record of model aircraft flying in the UK, where Alternatively, maybe gas engine aircraft have killed people and maybe. multi-rotors have not. 
maybe model aircraft community includes multi-rotors as well as exactly exactly maybe maybe what is a a model of Uh, there are no full-scale multi-rotors there's there's been uh, somebody it, the oldest aircraft of multi-rotors. Isn't it a bit like it? all planes are drones? Therefore, all model aircraft are also you know planes and drones. About. You know what I'm talking about. There's this kind of <laughs> like let's let's be friendly to all the old retirees with their gas engine aircraft because they're in peak condition and they never crash them and everything's fine. And if you've got wings, you can fly above 400 feet because no. No spars ever break, and everything is perfectly oh, yeah. perfect. I, I feel perfectly safe, you know, turning my back on someone flying one of these big gases, and with very yeah. much in. Sometimes you just have a nap on the runway, don't you? Exactly, so, very yeah. much safe in the knowledge yeah. that it's going to stay where it should be flying and yeah. not come anywhere near me. Yeah, so the, the, it just it feels tone deaf at times. I guess is is what I'm saying there. Ah, but that's that's the thing. You're just you're you're not the target audience. You're a, you're the. I'm not retired. You're the anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> I guess problem. you know maybe people who are retired had a lot of time to chime in and, and write this. So the, the exemption here for safe and secure model aircraft flights, the aircraft must meet the CAA's definition and specification for exempt model aircraft. And here we can see another looming loophole that isn't fully explained in this document. What is an exempt model aircraft yet to be decided? Um, or B, the pilot and UAS remain within the bounds of a designated model aircraft flying site. So I guess a nod to the BMFA and their flying sites authorized by the CAA based on proximity to urban sensitive restricted sites. So that might mean that BMFA sites have to reapply to this to the CAA to get that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, the BMFA have been collecting details about the the sites used by clubs and re- where club members regularly fly um for i would say a fairly considerable amount of time before this document was out um mm. you know um so you know I, th- I think it's been been coming for a while but what what they are asking here you know as part of the consultation is when we say model aircraft flights should be exempt uh you know that's, that's some of the questions are how do we define a model aircraft flight? Do we define it by the aircraft? Do we define it by the lo- location? Is there and something what, else we should define it What's the difference between B and C here? Because we've got B within the bounds of a designated model aircraft flying site authorized mm-hmm. by the CAA, no mention of club, and C, the flight takes place within a model aircraft club with an authorization yeah. granted under Article 16 of UK Regulation Brackets EU 2019 Absolutely. So, so that's the, a club, not a site. What's the difference? Yeah. So the you know the BMFA and the FPV UK are very very proud of their Article 16 authorizations, which is uh, something that says if you're a member of this club, these rules don't quite apply to you. So you can fly a, a you know an aircraft higher, further, bigger, all this kind of thing than you would uh, outside of that Article 16 authorization. So there's potentially what they're saying here is maybe anyone flying in a particular location. Like if you're not a member of the BMFA or the club or the FPV UK or anything like that. You're so just... if I'm a member of FPV UK, I can just be like, and off well, I go. For, for, some, for some rules, you know, that's, that's maybe the question is, uh, is it enough to be a member of what, uh, you know, BMFA or FPV UK to get an exemption of, you know, regardless of where you fly, as long as it's a safe and legal 
Uh, so what was that Article 16 authorization? I'm, I'm trying to remember. Is that the one that allowed you to fly um, closer to, to people hmm. in, in public spaces? Was that the one? Yeah. And and higher as well. So there's right. a generally for like if you're just someone who's just bought something in a model shop and you're just flying it, uh, you've got a 400 foot regulation, even mm. if it's fixed wing model. Um, and then uh, if you're if you have an Article 16 authorization, which depending on like you might have to have a risk assessment or you might not, depending on various things. But uh, you can go potentially you know thousand foot potentially higher. So there's, uh, you know, that is something that comes with membership of FPV UK or BMFA. And then there's, um, you know, the other option that they're suggesting is maybe it's just a designated site. So it's just whoever flies in one location, okay. or maybe it's wherever you fly when you're part of the okay. club and under this authorization, or maybe it's both, or maybe you need both, or, you know, that's what but if you're a state site and you've that. done that risk assessment and you're not near buildings or, or roads or members of the general public, then then you, you'd still get the Article 16, and that's what they're saying here. Yeah, exactly. So you've still got to you know, follow okay. the rules within your Article 16 authorization. It doesn't so mean you, you're free you, to do anything. Okay. But and you're exempt you, from remote ID? Well, potentially that's what they're suggesting. Um, Which is interesting because... The rest of the yeah. document goes to some lengths to say you're not exempt, even if you've got legacy UAS, but then you are exempt if you're a member of FPV UK and you're flying safely. And I was well, under the impression that... not necessarily. That's, that's, you know, no? that's kind of what the options that they're offering here is maybe it's purely the site, in which case, you know, as far as I'm aware, I'm not aware of any FPV UK club sites as such. Maybe that's going to be a thing over the next few years. So is it? Do you, are you saying it has to meet A, B, and C? Because I thought it was A or B or C. Well, that's what the consultation is about. It's like we've come up with these three different ways of defining model flying. Uh, you know, either it's because you're oh, a member of, a, of one of these groups, or it's because you're flying at one of these sites. Or you know, oh yeah, we've got these three definitions. Okay. We don't know how to use them. How do you think we should use them? Uh, which ones apply? What combination? So that's that's kind of what what they're asking for, really, as part of the consultation. I mean, given the fact that sixty percent of respondents said it was a bad idea, or only fifteen percent said it was good, <laughs> and they ploughed ahead, what's what's the point? It rather it rather feels like taking a wee into the wind at this point. Well, from my point of view, so there's uh, okay. So we've got we've got the BMFA and FPV UK as the organisations that represent. Uh, ostensibly at least uh, us and then you've got the, the CAA who are the kind of government owned, like state owned corporation that are trying to manage aviation in the UK and then you've got the Department for Transport which is the, the actual kind of uh, there's, there's MPs that run that basically and mm -hmm. from my point of view the MPs have said we want remote ID because we want to be like the US and we want to, I mean, well, that's the kind of cynical view. The, the more, the less cynical view would be they want to make sure that investors in the various opportunities that drones allow uh, need some kind of security to know that whatever regulations uh, are coming over the next few years are going to allow these investments to uh, yeah. mature so uh, they've said they want remote ID and they want 
these regulations in place and the CAA have gone, what do you mean? And the DFT have said, you work it out. That's your job. And so the CAA have been told, you've got to make remote ID work, find a way. And that's what the consultations are about, is like, how do we do this? Uh, what, what does that mean? How do we do that while causing as, as little hassle as possible? Um, so that's, mm. that's, from my point of view, that's what's going on. Um, oh, we're, we're talking about supporting private enterprise and, and the sterling work that they're doing. <laughs> as, as you mentioned earlier this week, uh, for audio listeners, uh, the headline would be Drone mail service suspended after device sinks. Um, yeah, that's a so... controlled descent into the ocean. Uh, so controlled, they still don't know exactly where it is. Um, yeah, so this I is like a... the idea of a controlled descent. It's like it didn't crash. It meant to descend into the ocean. It's an ROV <laughs> as well. Yep. Mm. A spokesperson said the craft was not carrying any cargo at the time and there mm. was no damage to people or property. Tell that to the fish. <laughs> so, yeah, this was up in the Orkneys, uh, where looks like Royal Mail have uh, been involved in some kind of island hopping, uh, inter-island deliveries. There you go. That's what they're calling it. Uh, so three-month trial started on the first of August, uh, and it's yeah got in the sea. I mean, if if this is what we're all trying to get out of the way for. I'm unimpressed. I mean, there's there's also, um, I think, isn't it Altitude Angel that are in Reading sort of way and have got a, a drone corridor being set up so that they can do beyond visual line of sight operations, which sort of ties in with, I mean, they say they're doing it for, you know, getting medical samples from the hospital over here to the hospital over there that has the lab. But I mean, the other article that you helpfully located, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine a corridor in the sky that stretches between Reading and Coventry. Great. Great. It's quite a uh, 6.2 miles wide between Reading and Coventry. That's now, if people get sent to Coventry, they can do it by air. Mm. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Okay, so relies on a line of beacons on the ground okay so this must be maybe some of those sites that you were talking about being set up with a great cost earlier i think that's a different one actually i think it's a different okay. company setting up i think that was pilot aware doing three a week of the although it looks fairly similar to that so who knows that's a pretty awkward piece of masthead extension in that photo mm. it looks like they've got every extension arm they can find sort of it's linked like, together why built it straight when you can put three 90-degree bends in it instead. Yeah. <laughs> Not making their lives easy, are they? Okay, so near Green Park in Reading, Berkshire, uh, a large drone with a wingspan of more than one metre flies a planned route by itself without a pilot, but watched by a ground crew. So there you are. How many, you've got, you guys must have a few one-metre wings, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, a metre's not huge, is it? No. 
Although this does look extra fancy, they've got the they've taken pictures of the VTOL, no doubt, because it photographs well. It's very hard to take pictures Hobbits. of an aircraft <laughs> flying past at speed. <laughs> and they're saying it stays below 100 meters altitude. So, yeah, that's odd. Which is interesting because, yeah, in, in, wouldn't have to. In, in Germany, for example, they're saying between four and 500 feet mm. is the, the use space uh, for such things. But, yeah, different strokes for different folks and all that. In the centre of town is an air traffic control centre for drones. From a console, any drones in the corridor can be monitored. If the flight paths conflict, the drones can be automatically instructed to alter course. This sounds like a problem that should really just be automated, but I guess someone has to watch it. I mean, you've got to make sure the automation works, right? Yeah. It seems like, okay, if we're sending up drones in our control in a pre-plight plan pre-planned flight route then how we mm. ever get in the situation is like oh they're going to crash it's like surely it's like we go this way there and then when we come yeah. back we do a slightly different and they know where they are to, to to like one meter so all you've got to do is make sure that things never go within 200 meters of each other and mm. done right well, now you've Pretty you've much. fallen into the trap that they've set for you which is uh, so the air traffic control which re requires Remote ID. Right. So the purpose of the Skyway is to put very clever sensors on the ground, not to actually fly from A to B, but the purpose of the Skyway is to put sensors on the ground. Okay. So the sensors stare into the sky. They look for aircraft as well as other drones. We take that information into our control center and process with aircraft at heading. Yeah, but obviously, like this means that only one company owns this route from A to B, oh. and all the all the space in between. Which means that you know, if you if you want to have multiple companies using the same space, or like if you have a, a route that goes from east to west to the route that wants to go north and south between it, then you can't do that without some kind of communication. Well, you, you can, Frank, of... because because you have another dimension, unlike road vehicles. So you can have a route that goes east-west and a route that goes north-south, and you could use this thing called height, which is, which is available to air vehicles. Yeah, and there's the classic thing in aviation of one's using odd heights and one's using even heights. Yeah, there's way you But you still need to communicate you know, for, for N routes that cross each other in various positions. At some yeah. point, you well, need to again, you can just have telemetry rather than remote. That screen looks like he's playing a game of some weird little thing rather than air traffic control in the... It looks like Missile Command. It's literally a bunch of circles and, and something that looks like a little... Yeah, some sort of blue worm crawling across the screen. I don't really understand what's going on. Well, I imagine the blue worm is his airway and the other ones are other airfields, right? Because you can kind of see, like, uh, runway protection zones. It's He's just like, them. we will bomb Slough. We Why is he looking Slough. at the other airways? Why is he not looking at his airway where the drones are? It's like, that's weird. Okay. I don't get it. And uh, I highlighted the uh, follow the money angle. Um, in this mm. case, the follow the money angle would be in California. Amazon is experimenting with delivering parcels by drones to people's homes, and it hopes to bring the idea to the UK. But they said this 10 years ago. They had, yeah. like, years ago. You know what works really well? People on minimum wage in vans. They can fit a lot more parcels yeah. than drone. I would, I would, 
I'd like to see the drone that carries as much as a small transit van, or rather, I wouldn't like to see it. They'll be terrifying <laughs> and unwieldy. But you know, they 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 were in they were just outside of Oxford for ages trying to set up their their drone system, and they gave up because it's really fucking hard. We all yeah. know it's not going to work because you're restricted on where you can deliver it. It's uh -huh. not economically viable. Like Stephen says, what, what are you buying? You're buying like a £10 piece of plastic tap and you're going to deliver it via a personal drone? How, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, and it well, can maybe... be delivered. If you've got this enormous bit of land where a drone can actually land, because it can't just like do what the local delivery driver does, which is just put it outside my front door and not bother telling me about it, because there's like cars and people in the way and roads. And I stuff. live in London, someone will nick it. Like, no offence, but people have to chain their plant pots up some, some places near here. <laughs> the drone's going to be gone the instant it touches down. But, but they keep saying they're going to, which means... They're not the, going to. Well, we know Obvious. that, but, but the, the MPs who want to be seen to do, be doing something new and innovative and making money, the, you know, improving the economy or whatever... I don't know how it improves the economy. It's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be loads of jobs in these drone things. It's like, no, it's not. In California. <laughs> well, how many have they actually done there? Is that actually happening? Are they actually delivering parcels? No, I mean, like, all the jobs for programmers and people who are not earning minimum wage will be in California. The, the job related to drone delivery in the UK will be changing broken props and motors on minimum wage for Amazon. That's, That's not what will happen. These, these people that were driving the vans previously will now be driving the vans looking for all the drones that yeah. people in London <laughs> smashed up yeah. trying to steal when they've been trying <laughs> to deliver things. I mean, the, I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it, is the, the, the whole EV toll market. That's another, like, it's basically flying cars, right? So, so it's not going to happen. But, but apparently it is. Convinced gonna, it's going to happen that there's going to be loads of money in it, so... Well, this is reality anyway, guys. So we're coming to the end of 2023. We're going to hit 2024. And then by 2028, this is going to be the world. So four years. <laughs> In some shape or form, almost certainly. Uh, I mean, it's general election next year, right? Maybe they won't care so much. Ha! That would be <laughs> high on the agenda. Just, just above the economy. Immigration and everything I mean, else. That's what I mean. I hope you kind of hope that they've got more important things to look at than this, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm try just yeah. trying to see some hope, guys. You go, Frank. Just... Frank, you should run for office. That's the <laughs> yeah. only way that this situation is going to improve. If if we end up seeing you standing at a podium telling the nation to forget about immigrants and start sorting out its technology problems. Well, you you joke about immigrants, but the uh, the the Secretary of State for Transport is uh, the guy who came up with the the go home vans, and then was sacked because his cleaner was an illegal immigrant, uh, and then Can't he make got this stuff up, can you? reappointed as the uh, Minister for Disabled People, and then. Did the whole system with the like repeatedly testing like uh permanently disabled people that they were still disabled uh and... so he basically hates people and that's why someone gave yeah. him a job yeah we don't and like now he's... people what a guy 
and now he's he's the guy who's saying uh, just everything should be cars as Secretary of State for Transport. Well, instead of people, you mean? Just everything should be just cars. Just every yeah. everyone. Just no more yeah. people. Just cars. Gleaming yeah. metal future. <laughs> I see the future. We have three options. Option one: follow the awful rule, be miserable, hate yourselves. Option two: civil disobedience. Don't do it. <laughs> Try and make the law unworkable for everybody. Hope they see the well, light. Number three, give up and do something else, which is a very real possibility because lots of people do this hobby as a bit of fun and a way of like chilling out and, and going and, you know, or hanging out with friends and stuff. And it's just too much hassle to go through all this crap to have some fun. So it could just be the case of yeah. like, screw it, we can do something else. Well, you've, is, you've cleverly is, chosen option four, which is to find a friendly farmer who lets you fly without <laughs> narky on you. Well, that's th that doesn't matter because I still, though I'll be on private property, which is completely under control of me, which is why I can fly there. It's like, well, it's a bit like if I fly whoop in the garden. It's like, where's your remote idea? So I'm in my sodding garden. It's my garden. <laughs> well, we're going to come into your garden and tase you, and then take all your drones and computers <laughs> and stuff and. <laughs> They'll just, you know, drop drop a small bag of evidence, whatever that might be, and uh, and off they go. It's a standard standard police <laughs> practice. They they brought that over from the U US as well. That's very popular with the U S police. Just, you know, a little bit of evidence get you in jail. <laughs> the ban is still running. <laughs> yeah, just as well. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's just permanently there now. <laughs> Legal notice, just um, yeah, yeah. I just, I just stay out of people's way. I mean, I always have done. There's a common sense aspect to this, which is that I, I don't want to annoy people because I, I go flying to go flying, not to get people riled and get into antagonistic scenarios with members of the general public. Whether it, whether it's for hitting them with one of these things or, or some kind of presumed snooping offence, I have zero interest in dealing with people i'd rather go somewhere scenic and just you know hang out with with my, my wife as spotter with a dog running around and, and and go fly a few packs and it's just bewildering it really is yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> but i mean we sort of joke about public uh, disobedience but I mean, there's there's some historical precedent for that, right? I mean, if you consider the the space that we fly in to be uh, a public common, and then there was the enclosures of the commons, uh, mm -hmm. which was uh, you know, protested against by lots of people just going up whichever hill that was, and and just standing on the hill and saying, "Now nah, we're just going to be here." And rather than the landowners successfully... So you charge all, all your packs and go to the top of the hill and then everyone flies. Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it's not the worst idea to have just a massive <laughs> fly-in somewhere and just, like, try and keep something in the air for, like, just 24-7 until they repeal it. I don't know. But, I mean, it's unlikely It would certainly happen, get but... some press. 
and that, and that oh, fundamentally is is what this thing needs, right? It needs that positive counterexample to go against all the red top tabloid stories of anyone with a multi rotor being some kind of evil ne'er do well. It just needs <laughs> people doing the kind of like Josh Bixler flying for the fun of flying, but with multi rotors to show that it's not some kind of you know horribly demonized. Mm awful hobby it's just messing around and pretending to be a bird looking through the little fpv camera yeah i mean think about it though it didn't actually repeal the enclosure of the commons it did just mean that there was public rights of way mm. you know public footpaths so you know well scotland is still open isn't it it's just uh do they they have roaming rights i don't know i think you have roaming right well you can also like camp absolutely anywhere in scotland can't you within reason, as long as you're not damaging things. I know they were trying to ban that from Dartmoor, which the last place, presumably in England, that you can do. We're, we're going way off the... Yeah, off so the, the, the point is that there is some precedent there. The, the trouble is that in the current political climate, civil disobedience is rapidly becoming an, an offence in its own right, which is, <laughs> is a horrible true. place to be. We could be ranked as some sort of terror organisation and not allowed to Ooh. talk about it at all. It's like, yeah, I've got Mark Thomas's book, so 101 just... Acts of Minor Dissent. And uh, yeah, th there's a lot of things you can get arrested for, yeah, especially we've... around London. We've just joined the BMFA, right? So if we can get uh, become a terrorist organisation at the same time, that feels like that would be some kind of uh, Well, we've got a logo, I suppose. <laughs> Three-letter abbreviations are pretty good, you know. Lots of terrorist yeah. organisations have that type of thing. Make yeah. a shot of it. But maybe we could focus on, you know, less despicable terrorism and more just joy de vivre terrorism. Yeah. Sort of Count Binface type terrorism. Hmm. Sort of like... Dardarist terrorism, perhaps. Yeah. So, yeah, co comment down below what kind of surreal terrorism should we get up to? to protest <laughs> we should mount watches it looks like they do have right to roam in scotland as a couple of people uh excellent in chat so good for the scottish people perhaps uh possessed of, of a bit more spirit than us down in england mm. or, or with pop politicians who are easier to sway I used to fly <sighs> my drones near king's cross from dominic clifton oh yeah okay back in the day Christmas Day is the best for flying in places which normally have way too many people around. <laughs> was this was this before the police had tasers, Dominic? I think it I think it might have been. How long have you been in Spain now? <laughs> I'm not sure. I was biking across the other day. Uh, I wonder why you went to Spain. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Are you able to come back from Spain? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 shockingly policed, and there are cameras absolutely everywhere. I think parking is probably it. easier, but in urban areas. Difficult. If it was that long ago, was the drone like quite big and scary? He says before everything, like, so he, yeah, he may have just had pad, pads of kind of vinegar-soaked wet paper at that point. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I remember the TBS. Uh, is it Tea Time in London? The video they did when they were flying mm -hmm. up the side of Big Ben and places now that would oh just slap you straight in jail. I'm sure. But this, this was shot. probably 2013, 2014, maybe. It was really early. I mean, I mean there's, there's, there's other things as well, other than the commercial side of things. I mean, uh, Ian Hudson at UAV Hive 
has been very, very big recently on the, the Sapient system, uh, which I can't remember what it stands for. It's a backronym, clearly. Uh, but it's their kind of way of... Uh, it's, it's the Defence Science and Technology Laboratory, I think it is. It's sort of the UK MOD's lab, uh, working out how you can take lots of data from lots of different sensors and try and combine them and cross-reference them automatically to work out, is it a bird, is it a drone, is it Superman? Um, so there's a sort of a question, well, Ian Hudson was saying you know, there's presumably some kind of risk there that you get misclassified uh, and identified as some kind of military threat. Um, which would be entertaining, I'm sure. Well, I think the key to identifying if it's a bird or not is to look for flapping wings. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> thought of that one, rather than or all these other sensors. Just some optical one. Look for this movement. Ornithopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. An ornithopter carrier. You've got every other type of flying machine. I don't. I want one. But I, I, told, I told you before, I tried, I tried to get one from that guy in China building. And I was like, how much are they? The cheapest one is like £2,000. It's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah. give you 10% discount. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen some cheap plastic ones that looked uh, look like they fall apart. That was good. Yeah, maybe okay. that's our defense. If we all start having ornithopters and uh, we can fly those around, if someone comes up, they're like, what are you doing? Us watching what is play. it? I don't know. But, just but what does an is an ornithopter a multi-rotor or is it a model aircraft? I mean, it's technically a model of a bird. <laughs> yeah, that would be it's, a model bird, not a model above. aircraft. Yeah. It's yeah, not cause... fixed wing because clearly they're flapping. Yeah, clearly they're and flapping. Not... How does... There's no rotors. I'm once again illustrating the problems with an ambiguous legislative framework. I mean, it's just <laughs> back to square one, aren't we, guys? Ambiguity. And then you start getting golf balls involved and, like, it's completely out of Golf balls have cameras now? Yep, absolutely. Oh, my word. I wonder how hard you have to throw a GoPro before it gets covered by that. You oh. notice it says camera, not a video transmission system as well. So it doesn't yeah. apply a VTX. It applies anything with a camera. So, yeah, if you're flying. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how they're going to deal with that in the terms of the sort of the, the nuts and bolts of it. Because I mean, on Geeks Varna, I believe there was a suggestion from him. I don't know if he's got some inside information or anything that it's going to be more like the Article 95 of the Air Navigation Order, where there's the separation of uh, small unmanned aerial surveillance systems. There's a separation uh, of a camera that's to monitor the operation hmm. of the device versus a camera that forms part of a, a video recording apparatus in its own right. Exactly, exactly. So if you're flying FPV and there's no DVR, then that is a different thing currently under the ANO from something that has a GoPro on it. Yeah. And if you're uh, looking at heads-up display that's giving you voltage readouts, hmm. maybe some out, out what, what, horizon bars, whatever it is, that, that's clearly giving you telemetry from, from the vehicle and, and not just for the purpose of recording video. So there's, a, yeah. there's an argument there. But it's I, I think a workaround. It, Here's what we do. We replace cameras right. with LIDARs. And then we we fly like we're in the Matrix, and we've got this kind of weird stuff appearing. Yeah, that would work. 
That would be I mean, like a background, wouldn't it? Just pinging everything. If yeah. it's just depth information, is that going to be like a lower bit rate than video? Like, could you compress that even more? You end up with a point cloud, and the point yeah. cloud takes an enormous amount of processing to, to, to oh. realize and to you know do statistical analysis to remove the erroneous points and things. That's it would actually be a larger volume of data total, but maybe each frame would be smaller. But You'd what, end what up with a computer on the what if you just spewed it straight back and like your just your human brain did the filtering out? Literally, we're watching the Matrix. We can we can yeah. process that very quickly. Our heads become acclimatized to it. We can just yeah. see stuff. Yep, yeah, I see that. I see that. Not a Robin F3B says, "What about kites with cameras?" Yep, yep. Technically, a kite with a camera. There are previously, no for control line aircraft anymore mentioned. Previously, this, so. there was exclusion on kites and I believe balloons for this sort of and thing. And so I spy think balloons are okay. You could be a, yes. a balloon perv. Spy balloons, absolutely fine. Um, okay. right, any right other kind of balloon, balloon illegal. Army. But if it's a spy balloon, it's all right. Um, there's, there's rockets were excluded from this, I noticed. Really? It's unusual for I, rockets to be excluded from almost anything. Uh, yeah, well, I just rockets seem wondered. the safest way of propulsion for sure. Oh, right. right. So, so let's rocket of... out will be the show name from 2028 onwards. What about rockets with like... cameras? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like rocket cameras cruise on? missiles, fine. Rocket with a yeah. camera. What about if you have some slightly large control surfaces on, on the rockets? Like, yeah, what if you're if making a rocket like SpaceX that wants to come down and land itself, so it has to have control services. I, th I, was rocket, I think that's the wing at that point, isn't it? It's just a fancy wing. No, but if it's a rocket, it's a rocket doesn't count as excluded. So if it uses a solid <laughs> fuel system? Yeah. Uh, All right. And lithium is quite solid and mm. also catches fire. Yeah. So, you know. Some ducting, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Save your old lipase, that's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm sure someone could come up with a recipe that involves lithium and old tire rubber. Which apparently is basically what a lot of rocket engines are. They they take a tire rubber and mix it with, with sugar and other things and coat the inside of the tube and then it's just burning and ejecting out one end of a tube. I bet that doesn't have any nasty stuff coming out the back of it. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a it's a complete healthy can, burn. It's a happiness yeah. and daisies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i i feel like we've almost waffled on long enough uh about this nonsense well thank you uh, for joining us and i hope this has been an informative discussion albeit one that grumpily focused too much on the <laughs> negative aspects and you can blame me for that folks um it, it winds me up but thank you for joining us well we yet to find any positive aspects but we'll keep plugging away Looking, <laughs> we will try. We will mine this deep, deep well. It's it's very deep and getting deeper. Uh, but yes, if you want something completely different, next week I believe Curry has some exciting things to talk about, and we have some exciting guests coming on. To well, we've got the well. Open HD guys coming on mm. next week to talk mm. about what's happening in Open HD, and I think they've got some some perhaps new stuff to tell us about, which would be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be some, some interesting things, so stay tuned. I think they're going to be talking about some new developments. Oh, nice. Like positivity, hope. Positivity and Exciting things. Moments. Things that can <laughs> happen, you still can. things that can't. 
Right. And on that wonderful note, thank you to our amazing patrons. Thank you to everyone in the chat. And we will see you next week. Thank you. You're joined by Frank. Bye. Our savior and master and reader of the legislature. <laughs> Everyone's favorite, Curry Kitten. Bye. And myself, Mr. Grumpy Stephen. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Telemetry lost.